The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Touchdown turnover by Balco Attend Federal Credit Union, a place where you belong, better rates and better service. Ben McKee. Will Brandon Huntley Hatfield register more than 15 minutes tonight as Tennessee goes on the road to take on Vanderbilt, the Vanderbilt Commodores. Looking at the minutes distribution from last game versus Kentucky, your big men who played. John Fulkerson had tw- uh, 20 minutes. Olivier Kamwa, only 16 minutes. Uros Plastic. Somebody said Uros Plastic. I was like, I almost died. 13 minutes. Will Brandon Huntley Hatfield register more than 15 minutes tonight? Touchdown turnover. Touchdown. Touchdown. I I think uh, Saturday was a wake-up call for Rick Barnes. The way that he discussed Brandon Huntley Hatfield after the game, it would be borderline criminal for him not to play Brandon Huntley Hatfield at least 15 minutes. I mean, I, I think it'll be coaching malpractice to talk up Brandon the way that he did following the game on Saturday and then not play him 15 minutes tonight. 15 minutes isn't a ton in the grand scheme of things. We're not talking about 25, 30 minutes. It's it's just 15 minutes. Seven and a half, a half. And with the way John Fulkerson has been playing. Good math, man. With the way Olivier Camois has been playing. They deserve less minutes. And Brandon Huntley Hatfield and even Urosh to a certain extent deserve more minutes. Again, I said this yesterday. I thought Urosh deserved more playing time on Saturday. He he was the only one that could could match the size of Oscar Sheboy. Not saying that he was gonna stop him, but John Fulkerson sure wasn't going to. Olivier wasn't going to. At least Urosh would get in there and try to fight him. Uh, at least he'd put up a fight. Uh so I, I say touchdown. I, I, I think Rick was, was pretty adamant on changing some things up after the game on Saturday. And with the way that he talked about Brandon, it, it seemed like he was really going to give him a chance moving forward. And I mean, he did say he was going to play more moving forward. So we'll see if Rick sticks to his word or not. Yeah. Just, it just, how much will he play more? Right. That's, that's the question. He's going to play more, but how much? And how many minutes is he averaging? Yeah. 15 is just not, not a lot. Um, Huntley Hatfield. I got his game by game stats here. Ooh, 11 minutes, 11.7 minutes. Yeah, so if if Rick is serious about playing him more like he said he is, I think he'll play 15. 11.7 minutes per game. So, yeah, I'm saying touchdown too, man. I I think he plays a whole lot more, and I'm looking at, 
whose minutes he's going to take away because he has to take away somebody's minutes. Is it going to be Olivier? Is it going to be John Fulkerson? Is it going to be Uros's? I don't. I don't think it's going to be Uros minutes, even though Uros only had 13 minutes against Kentucky. But uh, just the way that Uros has been able to battle, I don't think you take his minutes away. Uh, I'm looking at Olivier. I'm looking at John Fulkerson, and I won't be surprised if it's uh, if it's John. But I'll be surprised one bit. 865-255-03. Daniel Vall says, is JT Daniels leaving Georgia? That's the rumor. I mean, remember when Tennessee was, was kind of in the conversation about getting JT Daniels and Tennessee did not get get him? Uh, there were some rumblings about having to deal with dad. And you know Prue wasn't going to do all that. Prue's like, wait, I got to be nice? I actually got to do a little sucking up? No, I ain't doing that. No, thank you. So I'm sure dad is involved. And if I am the father of JT Daniels, especially right now, I would be involved. You have a son that has an NFL arm, that has an NFL type of future. Stetson Bennett ain't going anywhere. That's a bit of might have a street name after him. <laughs> Georgia, you ain't playing over him. You have a statue. Yeah, he, he ain't playing over him. His statue will look like Screech from uh, Saved by the Bell. But there's no way that you're playing over Stetson Bennett. So the obvious decision for J.C. Daniels is to transfer. And you've got a taste. You've got the taste of re- Georgia recruiting and what they're willing to do to bring you in. Are you looking for that type of recruiting somewhere else? Or are you willing to go somewhere without without a team courting you as hard as Georgia was courting you or the way Georgia recruits players they want? You know what I'm talking about, Ben. Huh? Are you willing to go somewhere for free? I ain't going to beat around the bush. So if I'm JT Daniels, I'm gone. But he got a taste of the SEC, man. That's what I'm saying. There's only a few spots available in the SEC where you can play and be competitive. I'm sure Auburn will take a transfer quarterback. Golly, like they need any more. Yeah, but but see, they have transfer quarterbacks, but do they really have one? Because Calzada might be the one. I don't, I don't think TJ Finley is it. Uh, Bobby Ashford hasn't done anything yet to this point to make you think that he'll he'll pan out but you you never know you, you know where's a good fit for him jt daniels would step on auburn's campus and be better than all three of those guys yeah but do you really want to play for auburn yeah auburn's not a bad place to go and they'll and they'll take care of you financially are you gonna have a chance to win at auburn if 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 jt daniels i wouldn't go to auburn because they don't have any weapons I would if the I'm JT Daniels. I'm be in the running game. <laughs> yeah, that's it. If I'm if I'm Daniels, I'm looking at Texas A&M. Yeah, I'm looking at LSU because those two schools will pay you. Yep, and you have two head coaches who are quarterback guys, mm-hmm. so you can get that development, and you're gonna get that SEC feeling because you're probably hooked to it coming from Cali. Got a little taste of it. You don't want to go backwards. 
and you can go be in Brian Kelly's family. <laughs> be in his family. And LSU did uh, re- receive good news yesterday. I uh, had this on my notes for around the SEC. They've had a lot of players enter the portal, but it's top receiver, Jeray Jenkins, who was deciding whether he wants to go to the NFL draft or not. He decided he is going to come back for a uh, fifth season, emerged as a full-time starter this year, only had 28 career receptions coming into the year, and finished the season with 34 catches for 500 yards and six touchdowns. So they'll, they'll have a receiver proven receiver and you know they'll have talent around him as well so i like that i like those two options that that you threw out he he could go beat out miles brennan at lsu i like miles brennan he he just can't say healthy um but he could beat out miles brennan and haynes king sounds like he's gonna be the real deal but he hasn't proven it yet hasn't proven it yet so i like those two you know one thing about jt daniels What's that? He is ugly. You ever <laughs> you ever looked at him? Yeah, he's ugly. With that mustache? Yes, and like the the overgrown hair. Like it, it's like a peach fuzz type of overgrown. It don't matter though. Hair, like ugh. You know why? You know why it doesn't matter? I saw a photo of him yesterday. I was like, ugh. You know why it doesn't matter? Because he plays quarterback. Looks like a. Never mind. He plays quarterback. That's why it doesn't matter. Ugly dudes who play quarterback still win. They still win. It doesn't matter. Sure. You trying to say like Stetson Bennett is a better looking dude? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, I think it's just the mustache. It's like the dark black mustache and and like the the peach fuzz hair on the on the side. I don't know. It's just something. So he, he does. He does look like he'd be like the fourth stooge. Yeah, he's just awkward with, the, with his hair. <laughs> yes, I think that's that's a great comparison. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if I'm him, man, I'm going. I'm going to LSU. I'm going to Texas A&M. Um, you know what else I've noticed? You go to Vanderbilt. Boy, stop. SEC could start. He can go against Georgia. He'd go against Georgia. He would be miserable. You get a good education, though, and get to live in the great city of Nashville. That's true. Florida needs a quarterback. Emory Jones is still enrolled. And apparently Georgia players like to transfer to Florida. And vice versa. If 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 I if I am JT, I'm 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 looking inside of the SEC. There are plenty of options for him. Um on the surface, it looks like Lane Kiffin like got it going on. He needs a quarterback too. On the surface, it looks like yo, look at him posing with, with the recruit, looking cool with his cool that, shoes. That was him. a dope pick. I mean, it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Look at look at look at the head coach, Ole Miss man, showing some swag. Come to the sip sweatshirt. Yeah, yeah, looking real cool. On the surface. Beneath the surface, you got coaches saying no. You got coaches leaving. How would he maintain? That's the question. There's no way he's going to be able to win 10 games again. But how would he maintain a level of success after Matt Corral? That's the question. It's a great question. After, you know, losing coaches 
Lost the offense coordinator. Lost the defense coordinator. You got coaches that he has went after inside of the SEC, and they have said, no, I'm good. No, thank you. No, thank you. So, we'll see how Lane bounces back in 2022. I'm interested to see if uh, he gets this Jackson Dart kid transfer from USC. Lane needs a quarterback. He, he taking pictures with old Jackson. I know. I thought I thought Jackson officially committed. It looked like it, but then uh, you see what Jackson posted yesterday. Let me guess. He committed and went on a visit somewhere else. Well, he did not commit, but uh, he did go on a visit somewhere else to Oklahoma, and and posted a photo, swagged out and all that gear. Man, oh man! You know Dylan Gabriel is going to have a heart attack now. <laughs> What? 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 Let me throw some more shade at Josh Heupel to make myself feel better. Jackson Dart sure does love to post drip picks. I mean, he does look clean. Yeah, man, that's what the young men like to do, man. Whatever. I mean, he looks clean as all get out with with the the Jordan brand and Jordan shoes and Jordan sleeves on his legs. Looks clean, but I don't know. Must great. That's weird, man. That's weird. What? Putting on another uniform like that without even playing. You, you know how I feel. I've been, still, on, I've I, been. I've been on this for uh, for years now. I hate it. It's it's still. It's, it's still weird, man, to me. Still weird. Eight six five two two hundred fifty five zero three. Still weird. Rocking a shells necklace too. Oh lord. <laughs> Did they still wore. They still wear those. Or were they just surfers in California? I ain't gonna lie. I had one back in the day. Middle school. I had one back in the day. Every time I went to the beach, I got a new one. But I I got the one with all the shark teeth. Black was all black. I, yeah, I had different colors. I had one just like that one. Shell, white shell, necklace. Um, all the little kids was wearing it in my middle school when I transferred to the other side of town to the South End. All the white kids had one. I was like, I'm going to give me one too. They had some Birkenstocks. <laughs> I, can, I can fit in. <laughs> I'll give me some Birkenstocks and a shells necklace. And uh, I wore it for a little bit. I was like, nah, this this ain't this ain't gonna work. Well, it, it, if you're a real man, you got hair on your neck. It plucks the the hair off your neck. It hurts. Nah, I'm good, man. Or it pinches necklace. your skin. I'm good. I rocked them back in the day. Every time I went to the beach, I got a new one. That that or a necklace that had a shark tooth. I'm good on the on the on the shell. You necklace. should get some pearls and rock the pearls. Pearls? Do you? Uh, My wife got pearls. I ain't wearing pearls. Well, you know, Jack Peterson made pearls. He can do that. White Lightning was rocking pearls this weekend. Jack Latrell, Tennessee's defensive back commit from Georgia, was uh, in Arizona for a seven-on-seven tournament and was rocking rocking pearls because he's from the A, and that's what they do. Whatever, man. Whatever. Whatever. Roddy and Austell, I'm with you, man. Don't question White Lightning. I am officially the old man that says get off my lawn. I hate this recruiting, new recruiting-ish, and all the transferring to their rivals. Yeah, man, this portal stuff, man, it's um, it sounds good, but 
it's a hot damn mess. I would if if I was a good football coach, I would much rather be in the NFL than in college. Yeah. I would I would be off to the NFL in a heartbeat and wouldn't think twice about going back. Yep. Yep. Unless unless I'm like Kirby Smart or Nick Saban or Ryan Day. Um but everybody else I wouldn't mind going to the NFL. Now Steve Sarkeesian went and then, you know, it didn't work out all that great when he was with the Falcons, but this NIL stuff mixed with the transfer portal. Woo! Might send some old coaches out to, to retirement. It already has a college basketball. Yep. Man, Roy right. Williams, Coach K. You're right. <laughs> yeah, I ain't messing with you. I already know where you're going. Hour two will continue after this. While the other guys are taking guesses, the Swain event is taking you behind the scenes and in the huddle every morning from 7 to 10, right here. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the MN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to marknelsondenim.com. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865 382 7007 42nd Street Brand Strategy Design More and more Tennessee businesses are switching to Iris Networks for reliable, local, high-quality, high-speed business fiber internet. Iris provides direct internet access from 10 megs to 10 gigs with no payments for 90 days. Iris also offers next-generation business phones with work-from-anywhere capability from the mobile or laptop app. With local sales, support, and service, Iris is a partner in the community. Learn more at irisnetworkusa.com or call 865 448 
I-R-I-S, Iris Networks, a Tennessee business connecting Tennessee businesses. Litter is a big problem in Tennessee, but together we can do big things. We can make our cities, our waterways, our roads cleaner and safer. The Tennessee Department of Transportation is committed to reducing litter in our communities, but we need your help to do it. There are over 100 million pieces of litter in our roads at any given time, and it costs TDOT about $19 million a year just to clean it up. The first step to keeping Tennessee beautiful is to rally behind these three simple words. Nobody trashes Tennessee. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. You don't have to take an L just because you can't listen to the Swain event live. You can catch up on the podcast posted daily on the app, online, and on iTunes. easy to say not so great things about the transfer portal if you're not winning in the portal but Tennessee has has done a good job in the portal uh, under Josh Heupel and still have the same feelings about about the portal man it is uh, it is it is it is a little overhyped it is a place that I would I would go into and grab kids out of um, for sure if I could but it is a place that only the top schools are going to benefit from the most. I mean, nothing has really changed. The top kids out of high school are going to the top schools, and the top players in the portal are going to those same schools. Alabama's winning in the portal. Georgia won in the portal. I didn't see a lot of kids go to Ohio State, though, from the portal. But they are winning in recruiting. Yeah, they, they haven't needed to to win in the portal. And the one thing that I've changed my mind on, uh, I didn't really change my mind on, but I feel like I've, uh, I don't know that validated is the, the right word, but when, when the transfer portal first kind of started popping off, everybody was like, oh, this is going to be good for uh, the mid-tier teams. And, and team teams are going to be able to rebuild quicker. And, and like, yeah, I, I do it agree with that but everybody was trying to make it seem like they were going to take away from the big fish the the big schools and i just did not see that happening because i thought that the big schools would then go pluck the best players from every school in the country if they had a need and that's what alabama georgia and all these other schools practically except for clemson are doing like alabama has had Five-star after five-star transfer this week, and it's it's not going to matter because they they lack depth numbers at running back and what they do. They went out and got Jameer Gibbs, who apparently practiced with the team leading up to the national championship game and just ran all over the defense in practice. I mean, they, 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 go, they went out and got Georgia Tech's best player. It's what they did because they had a need at running back. They're they're going to have a need at receiver. They did last year. They went out and got Jamison Williams from Ohio State, and now he is going to be a first-round draft pick. 
Yeah, I, I don't first know. receiver on the board, according to Tom Mache. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how the torn ACL will affect him, but he, he is a first-round receiver, if if not injured. Um, and and so they're, they're going to be able to go pluck from from any school that they want because tampering happens. They will they will let a kid know that they want behind the scenes. Hey, we'll take you if you enter the portal. If you were to enter the portal, we'd have a spot here for you at Alabama. You don't think a kid at Illinois, a, a, a star defensive end at Illinois, wouldn't immediately jump into the transfer portal? Or or Georgia could could use, you know, uh, another defender because a front somebody in the front seven because they they've had a lot of guys enter uh, the NFL draft over the last couple of days. They, they've also had some good news in the draft, like Nolan Smith, Mr. Ford Raptor himself. He announced that he's going to return for one more season. But like Georgia's going to have have needs and tell me that they're not going to tamper with a kid at North Texas. That, that plays in the defensive front that they think could have an impact for them, like they, they will. And so they're going to pluck from from those schools. And I don't know, that, that's it's not going to slow down the big schools whatsoever. They're, they're nope. just going to go they're just going to go pick pick apart the these other schools. Any player that they want, they can pretty much have. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much, man. Weird what happened out there in Hawaii, though. Todd Graham, who was a Former head coach of Arizona State just seemed like he got what he deserved. Though. Yeah, he just he yeah players were just done with him. Miserable. His own son entered the portal, uh, but I remember Todd Graham. Todd Graham was a you know great offensive mind, and this is not the first time he has had players hate to play for him, and he's killed their football love. There was some drama when he was at you know when he was um, at Pittsburgh. I want to say Pittsburgh. So. Uh, he just abrupt, abruptly just resigned um, in January. So uh, weird stuff, man. And um, hopefully, hopefully, Nick Saban gets tired of this new age of college football and says, oh, "I've had enough." But I doubt it. I he's going to adapt. I, I do think uh, we've seen a. I don't know if. If he's changed his personality per se, but he is he is allowing his personality to show more. Like I, I think we're starting to see Nick Saban see the Nick Saban that the players see. Yeah, that and makes sense. and we're no longer seeing the Nick Saban that's ready to pop off at a reporter at a at, at you know at a. Finger snap, notice <laughs> at a snap of the fingers. Um, you're seeing the the Nick Saban that the players like, and, and the players talk about being around and kind of how he cracks jokes, and then he's not as intense all the time as as, as it seems, and and he's a real likable personality. And I bring that up because I I wonder to your point, like, is he doing that because he's he's simply getting older? Or is he doing that because maybe he's sensing the end of of his his coaching career? I don't I don't think so. I mean, I I think he'll coach for ten more years. I, I'd be surprised if he retired any anytime soon. But I, I wonder like why we're seeing 
more of his personality it, 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 again is it because he's getting older or is it because he's maybe reaching the end of his he realizes he's reaching the end of his career and he's trying to enjoy things more i wonder why yeah I hopefully mean, it's because he's he's nearing the end because he's, he's a granddad now and um he, he's been like this for a couple of years man he's been kind of more laid back and you know, doesn't doesn't yell and scream as, as much. Now, he's still intense, but I think that has something something to do uh, with it, Ben. A six five two hundred fifty five zero three. I'm surprised, man. Very surprised that that Tennessee remained in the top twenty five, Ben. I just I thought for sure after getting beat by thirty points uh, to Kentucky at being at number twenty two, I thought Tennessee would drop out of the top twenty five. But uh, we hanging on. We hanging on by one pinky finger, man. As Tennessee only dropped two spots to number twenty-four. Five and eleven, oh, excuse me, eleven and five overall, and uh, a game under five hundred in the SEC at two and three. Were you surprised that Tennessee remained in the top twenty-five, or did you did you expect Tennessee to hold on like they did? I was I was surprised. I was, but I think I was surprised because I watched the team twice a week and and follow the team every single day like the the rest of us but outside of of our Tennessee bubble people aren't paying as as close attention they they see that Tennessee beat South Carolina at home by double digits and and they see that 20 yeah 20 points right and, and then they they see that 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 Kentucky had its best conference shooting night in 25 years and and that Tennessee was on the road and that Kentucky is probably a top 10 top 15 team uh, so voters give the benefit of the doubt to to Tennessee um, so I was surprised just because I, I watch them every day but not surprised because like the, again I, I preach it all the time the, these voters don't watch the sport that they cover the way that they put off like Auburn should be number one in the country. And we'll talk about this and for what coming up, but uh, a guy in Kansas city because he's stubborn and ranked Auburn ninth because he goes off of metrics. Uh, Again, we'll touch on this and for what coming up, but uh, ranked Auburn ninth. And then like these polls don't matter is the point that I'm getting at. No, they, they don't. Um, but Gonzaga is number one. Auburn is number two. Arizona number three. Purdue number four. Baylor number five. Um, I'm just going to go right to SEC teams. Kentucky's at 12. LSU's at 13. Tennessee is at 24. Alabama is out. So Alabama was bounced out. So. Love it. Yes. Bounce Alabama out and keep Tennessee in. I am here for it. But I also think it's the difference in losing to an unranked Mississippi State team. Although I think that Mississippi State team is, is sneaky good. Difference in losing to an unranked Mississippi State team and a ranked Kentucky team that had the game of its life. Tennessee will be... Um Battling if if we are still ranked at this time, and Texas they're still ranked uh, January 29th, but the, that game will be the battle of the UTs and the battle for 
um, hanging around in the 20s in the top 25 in the AP because Texas is one spot ahead of Tennessee at 23. Tennessee 24, Texas at 23. Looking at Tennessee's next couple games, play tonight at Vanderbilt, 9 p.m. Then you come back and play LSU at home, 6 p.m. on Saturday. And then you play Florida at home. And then at Texas. And it doesn't really get that much easier in February either. A little bit easier because you still you play South Carolina. Um, you got Vanderbilt in there. But Texas A&M is a team that has punked you before. Uh-huh. So you know how they're going to play when they're they come in here. team this year. Yeah, they are. Uh, Mississippi State, you play at Mississippi State, and the hump is always a tough place to play at. Uh, it gets loud. It gets rowdy. The energy in there uh, is infectious. So that will be a tough game. And then you play Kentucky uh, again at home. You go at Arkansas. And Arkansas is a team that has, uh, you know, that beat Mizzou's head in earlier um, last week. So it doesn't get easier for Tennessee basketball. Uh, the schedule in this conference is starting to look like football schedules and baseball schedules. The conference is a whole lot harder uh, now than probably ever, ever. Yes. So, And it's really changed since uh, Rick Barnes got here. And, and honestly, I think Rick Barnes deserves a lot of credit for turning the conference around as a whole. And maybe it's come back to bite him in the butt. <laughs> but uh, I remember when Rick first got here, and the SEC wasn't nearly as strong as it is now. I mean, you had bad teams like Georgia all over the place. I mean, the, the league was littered with with bad teams. I mean, it was severely top-heavy. You, you had Kentucky, and then... Kind of each year you had one, two, maybe three really good teams and and then a bunch of average teams and then a bunch of bad teams. But now it, it seems like everybody is 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 good or great uh, aside from a couple. I mean, outside of Tom Crean, I mean, who is a, a bad coach in the SEC? I mean, Frank Martin. Not he, a bad coach. He, yeah, just have, it's just, just not having it's just, success. It's just weird. How do you go to the Final Four and then do nothing? Just haven't even made the NCAA tournament since they made the Final Four. I mean, he's he's been he's been bad since since they made that Final Four run. So I, I don't know how to classify Frank Martin, but uh, I mean, but to to the point of the SEC being as strong as it is, I mean, he he's probably what the second weakest coach in the SEC right now. Ahead of Tom Crean, and and he's a guy that went to the Final Four five years ago. Maybe, whatever, maybe Stackhouse. <laughs> yeah, I I I, I continue to think that the the Vandy thing is is more of a Vandy thing than a Stackhouse thing. I, I think Stackhouse is built more for the league than I know that that sounds crazy. I I just his personality kind of I don't know. I think he's a good coach. It just seems like he really gets in his in his own way. Sometimes, like from an X's and O's standpoint, I think he's he's good. It's just there, there's been other circumstances that have bitten him, but he is right now towards towards the bottom because he hasn't proven a ton. But like, I don't think he's a bad coach. And, and uh, like Frank is a again, he went to the Final Four a couple of years ago, and, and those are your worst coaches in the league. And even Tom Crean had some success at Marquette and coached at freaking Indiana. I know he didn't do a ton, but 
he did something to get the job. Yeah. And and like those are the coaches that you were dealing with at the bottom of the league. And and Conzo down there uh, as well. But Conzo has had his his share of success here and there. Whereas like compare the bottom of the barrel coaches right now to like Kim Anderson at Missouri and oh, yeah, and some of the other coaches, rough. yeah, like Johnny Jones at LSU was a disaster. And he was he was terrible. Some, some so I mean, and and Rick had my original point. Rick really promoted the league when he got here, and I I think Rick's name really carries weight around the country and in coaching circles. And and I I think coaches kind of saw what if Rick can do that at Tennessee and in the SEC, then hey. I can go to the SEC and and I can have success as well. Remember who um, who promoted Rick to Coach get, Cal. get the Tennessee job? Yeah, that's Coach Cal, man. So really, it's Coach Cal that started <laughs> all of this. Sure, and he shouldn't. I mean, he shouldn't really care because he's at a school with a big enough brand to where kids want to go and play anyways, and a big enough budget and resources with help um, from the program and, and supporters to where they'll do anything to make sure Kentucky basketball. Uh, has everything it needs to be successful, so it shouldn't really matter for the, co- the coach Kyle, honestly. But the league is improving. A six five. It hasn't. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't mattered. He still went out and plucked best players, just like Alabama was, has plucked best players from other schools. He's done that. Uh, Oscar Sheedway, Kelly Grady. He's done that. Went out and um, gotten you know the best players from other schools and basically made a little all star team. There, there in Kentucky. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. We will take a quick timeout here in hour number two. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, stay with us. For what is coming up on the Swain event. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup, Or, if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. There is no better restaurant in town to enjoy the madness of March with. Cheer on the Vols and the Lady Vols with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? 
I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill, or call 865-693-5400. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit. You get confused. You don't understand why. You start to ask questions. But really, there's only one question that matters. What is that question you may ask? For what? All right, Brand. you said you had a good for what for us today about the voting when it comes to the AP polls. I'm here for it, man. I want to hear it. Yeah. I uh, am putting Jesse Newell on for what today. He is the beat writer for the Kansas City Star covering Kansas basketball and football. I would have a different profession if I had to cover Kansas football. Probably would hate college football even more than I already do. But and that's right. Uh, I am giving him a for what? Because he he voted Auburn ninth in the AP poll. Voted Auburn ninth in the AP poll, and and look, I'm I'm low key glad that he did it <laughs> because I didn't want Auburn to be ranked number one. I know some of you Bruce Pearl stands wanted Auburn to be ranked number one so you can keep your Bruce Pearl thong on. I don't I don't get it. I know I know Diarval would love to see Bruce Pearl ranked number one. But uh I didn't want Bruce Pearl ranked number one. Dad gummit. So I'm I'm low key glad that he did this, but his reasoning is is stupid and having them ninth is is pretty dumb as well and i mean i think i saw where if he had voted them because there's only four points that separated gonzaga and auburn 
And so, like, if he would have just voted them fifth or fourth, Auburn would be the number one team in the country right now. But uh, he had them ninth. And to have Auburn ninth is just ridiculous. Yeah, uh, the eye test will tell you top five. Yes, eye test will tell you top two, yeah, top three. Um, but AO.com, because obviously they cover Auburn, reached out to him for uh, his reasoning as to why he voted Auburn ninth. And he he this is not the first time that this guy has uh, been in the news for something like this. But he told AO.com that this one takes the cake. My mentions were flooded with Auburn fans and AO.com uh, proceeded to explain that Auburn fans have have really taken over Twitter for uh, basketball and they flood and bombard opposing teams Twitter accounts after Auburn wins throughout the year uh, and ratio them with with memes and photoshops it's it's pretty funny like go go look at uh the final score tweet from Ole Miss on Saturday night or even go look at this guy's Twitter um Jesse J-E-S-S-E Newell N-E-W-E-L-L it's pretty funny what Auburn fans do in in the in the mentions but they've bombarded him uh, he said fans are passionate and that's the reason college basketball fans are great I get the reaction I can try to explain myself but at the end of the day people are going to feel how they feel he went on to say you start with what we're trying to do with the AP poll I think we all could have different answers and reasonable minds could disagree about what we're doing here to me it goes down to two basic trains of thoughts are you trying to rank the best teams or are you trying to rank the most deserving teams Newell's approach has always been to try to rank the best teams to him that has meant relying on more data points and advanced metrics to sort through all the teams and come up with his top 25 he leans on metrics from Ken Palm T-Rank Sagarin team rankings and BPI to come up with his ballot each week those algorithms take into consideration how a team looks possession by possession over the course of a game. This week, those metrics have Auburn 9th, 7th, 10th, 9th, and 12th. All five of those metrics also have Gonzaga as, a, as the, the number one team in the country. Of course, Newell understands his voting philosophy isn't shared by everyone. While he aims to try to determine the best teams and try to answer the question of who would be favored head-to-head on a neutral court, others often try to determine the most deserving team when compiling their ballot. They have the best resume in the country, Newell said. Nobody should be denying that, and I absolutely believe that they have the best resume in the country. But right now, they're... There are probably eight teams in the country that on a neutral court, they would not be favored against. So that's how I do my poll. It doesn't change. It stays the same week to week. That's sort of the process as I go through it. As I said, I'm consistent with it. I mean, Auburn's um, Auburn's Twitter game is pretty strong on here, man. The fans, it kind of reminds me of all Twitter a little bit. Yes. I hope... uh, Tennessee does not lose to Auburn because I do not want them in my mentions. They find the beat writers that were tweeting about the the team, and they 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 bombard the team account, the players accounts, the fans accounts. So, uh, yo, this is all Twitter better have their pitchforks ready. This is crazy. I know it's every single game. 
And every every single slight against Auburn basketball, they just attack. So, I mean, I'm I'm looking at the Ole Miss uh, Twitter account from when uh, Auburn beat Ole Miss eighty to seventy one a couple days ago. I haven't seen an Ole Miss comment. All of them are Auburn about how you just got owned. It's like it's like forty in a row. I'm, I mean, fifty in a row. It's it's crazy. Yeah, we can't lose to Auburn, man. No. But, but you know that's going to happen. So. What I don't like most about this guy is is that he essentially admitted to allowing others to do his work for him. Mm. And you, you also admitted that Auburn has the best resume in the country. Mm. How do you think that they got that resume in the country? Best resume in the country. One loss. And, yeah, by winning. Yeah, by winning and beating good teams. Right. And and here's the other thing. Not that I necessarily believe in the transit of property, but All right, here we go. Alabama beat Gonzaga. And Auburn beat Alabama. Stop making a case for Auburn being number one. Hey, look, I, I said I didn't I I like that the Zags are ranked number one. But th- this guy just unbelievable. This is never Take polls seriously. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Take the Lady Vols ones seriously because they're ranked in the top five. They should be number one. That's right. They should be number one. That's right. Man. All right, let me hit the text box up. <laughs> Vols uh, 1707 is right. If he votes by metrics generated with stats probability, why does he even need a vote. Downtown Vol says y'all not going to give uh, Darren Ravella for what? Ooh, he does get it for what? Do you see what he tweeted? It's always something crazy. Well, what, he what, some, what, did he throw some Shady Payton? What holiday was yesterday? Oh. <laughs> uh, you had to delete it. I don't know what tweet he was responding to, but apparently somebody called him a, a racist. And he tweeted, calling me a racist is cute. On this day, especially, I have one of the large, <laughs> I have one of the largest Martin Luther King Jr. collections in the world. Mm. And, <laughs> and some of my closest friends are black. <laughs> Look, I... I'm not saying he's racist, but it, he he's claiming he's not racist by saying that he has one of the largest Martin Luther King Jr. collections in the world. Just go with <laughs> I have black friends. Just go with the standard. No, don't go with that one either. And he went with both of them. He said, and some of my closest friends are black. But no, but he went with the Martin Luther King collection because it was Martin Luther King Day. Just go with the standard response of I have black friends. Just go with that. Just go with that one. This <laughs> golly, man! I'm I'm trying He's to find cornball. what uh what tweet he was responding to. If if somebody knows what he was responding to, please please help us out because he deleted the tweet, so I can't tell. But uh, I, I'm guessing somebody called him a racist, and then he wanted to point, point out his Martin Luther King Jr. collection, and it, it it's one of the largest in the world. And then he and then he threw in that his closest friends are black. 
<laughs> oh my god. <laughs> this man has no touch. <laughs> Somebody tweeted Darren Rovell looking at his MLK Jr. bobblehead thinking, yeah, and they're calling me the racist one. <laughs> <laughs> my goodness, man. Darren Rovell never disappoints. Oh, man. He's really a cornball. He's a cornball. But it's hard to not follow him because sometimes he gives really good stuff about the economics of sports. Sometimes it's really good information. Golly, man. God. Jake from Nashville says, y'all notice what Auburn and Zags have that we don't? I wasn't trying to go there. Post studs. Well, yes, it's true. It's true. It is true. <laughs> it is true. <laughs> yeah, downtown fall. Good call, man. Tamra Vale gets it for what? Here's a good question. I don't know if y'all ready for this question. Because it is a tough question. It is not an easy conversation to have, but it is a really good question. It is from ATL VFL. Question is, do you think donor money should be directed to school or NIL? So if you have to make a choice, where should that money go to? If you are a donor and you have a setup where money goes to a pool or pot or whatever and it is distributed via the NIL, um, and you have, let's say you have a donor who's like, hey, I got a, I got a million dollars. That's all I got. That's all I got for you. I got a million dollars for the school to use however it see fits. Now, I can give the money to benefit the school, although it won't be directly given to the school. I can give this money to benefit the school to NIL. Because, again, we know that the schools can't directly set up NIL deals, blah, 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 blah. Or I can give the money directly to the school and the school uses money for whatever they want to use it for. Do classroom and humanities. I don't know. Whatever. We already have HSS. That's pretty new. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, school can use it for whatever they want to use it for. This is easy. Or, the, you know, the money goes to the athletic program and, you know, you want to use that million dollars to uh, do something at the baseball stadium. Yeah. So... One million dollars? I don't know. I'm just using an example. Uh, other SEC schools, most all SEC schools have been putting thirty, forty, fifty million in into its baseball program. Hey, hey man, I'm just I'm just using an example. Get how you feel this. Here, here's my thing. <laughs> to me, the money goes to the NIL. It's not even close. Is it an easy decision for you? It's an easy decision for me because if you have better players, which is what NIL will get for you, right? Better players, theoretically. Which then that will theoretically lead to more wins, correct? Better players, more wins, theoretically. That is that is the uh, that's the that's the recipe. It seems more wins, potentially championships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Championships potentially more people invested, more people enrolled to your university. Exactly, more more money being generated in. All walks across Knoxville, across campus, memorabilia being sold. So, in a way, you're doing both. 
because go go walk around Alabama's campus and all the the buildings that they've built since they started winning, and that is one thousand percent a product of of all the students enrolling and, and football having success. We'll go to the phones after hour number two. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top one hundred barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Be right back. <laughs> 